0: thank you from the saint fan over here in the corner (laughs) we began our service i heard from the uh the baptistry with that great song the most wonderful time of the year that was uh, it came out in 1963 30 years before i was born Uh, a guy named andy williams sang it originally and you know this is a great time of the year i know that there's heartache in this room there's heartache people watching online but there's so much positive with christmas in the next four weeks going through our candlelight we're going to look at christmas stories and try to really give you some hope and some some joy moving forward we are in matthew chapter 1 today verses 1 through 17. there's no way i would have told you beforehand because this is the genealogy of jesus christ the most boring parts of the bible would you say amen to that If you've read the Bible much, when you get to begot, begot, beget, forget, you forget, forget, don't you? And and, and this is that passage, this is that. But I want to begin with this and then build from this. This genealogy, not that other ones in the Bible don't, but this genealogy has a lot of important application for us. There's a lot of important application. I hope you're taking notes because... Again, I think there's some great principles in here. In verse 1, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. That Remember, the New Testament was absolutely telling the truth. I've known some Jewish people who were still very much into their genealogy. I had a, a Jewish friend in New York City who was a psychiatrist. He could literally trace his bloodline to Aaron, Moses, his brother. I mean, that's going back way, 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 way back. Verse 1, it says again, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. The name Jesus is the, that's why we're here this morning, is the name Jesus. And it means Yahweh saves, it means God saves. And in verse 21 in the same chapter, it says, she will bear a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people. The word Christ the word Christ means the anointed one, the promised one. It's the Greek for the Hebrew word Messiah. And the Jewish people have been waiting a long time for a Messiah. And, and Matthew's saying, hey, this Jesus Jesus Christ, that's not his last name. Christ is not his last name, by the way. That's a title. He's saying this Jesus is the Christ. He is the, the anointed one. He is the Messiah. They knew that the, the, the Christ was going to be born in Bethlehem. We know that's what's going to happen. That's what happened. And they also knew that the Christ, the Messiah, was going to come from Abraham to Isaac. Then he was going to come through Judah, and he was going to come through David. And he sets out to prove these things. And we're just going to spend just a second on that. Now, here's what's interesting. Go home today and read at in, in the end of Luke chapter 3. The end of Luke chapter 3 is Mary's genealogy. This is Joseph's genealogy. And both of them trace back, very importantly, to David, all the way back to Abraham, saying the Bible saying, look, this is the dude. This is the God. This is the Messiah. This is the Savior. You need proof this is his. But we're in Genesis, I mean, excuse me, we're in Matthew's genealogy today. In verse 2, he says, He's the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac, the father of Jacob. The Messiah is coming from Abraham. He's coming from Isaac. He's coming from Jacob. Jacob, the father of Judah. The Messiah is coming from Judah. Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. Very, very important. In verse 6, and Jesus is the father of, uh, excuse me, and Jesse was the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon. The, the Messiah is coming through King David. He's tracing the bloodline. He said, look, this is the guy. And you go all the way to verse 25 at the end of the chapter and it says but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son and called his name jesus now i'm going to explain very simply not crudely but clearly what that means that's talking about joseph and mary they did not have sex until after jesus was born the virgin birth the guy touched mary's womb she became pregnant joseph married her They never had sex until after Jesus was born. And it might be easy for us to say, parents pass, keep you down. Martin Luther was a great minister in the 1500s. Martin Luther said, looking at the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you see that God loves sinners. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, you look through there and you do a little study. What you see is there's a lot of scandalous people in Jesus' background, and it didn't keep him back at all. Helen Keller was born deaf and born blind and overcame all that to be super successful. And she said this, listen, this is a great truth. In every slave's past, there's a king. And in every king's past, there's a slave. Listen, you stop letting, you stop letting your ancestors, whether that's your mom or daddy, whoever, hold you back. That does not have to be the determining factor in your life. Here's the second thing. This genealogy shows us how people perceive you is not the determining factor in your life. You may be letting it be, but how people perceive you and me is ultimately not the determining factor in our life. In verse 16, and Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. It's very subtle. But it's clear, Joseph is not the biological father. In verse 18, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Let me explain to you simply what that's saying. Your your translation may say she was pledged to Joseph. That's that's maybe an easier way to understand it. In Palestine, where Jesus lived, there was a three-step process of marriage. You got engaged when you were a kid. Your parents got you engaged. Wouldn't that have been terrible? I mean, my parents valued character more than beauty, so I would have been with someone who was ugly, but she was trustworthy. She had been saying the same thing. I'm with someone ugly and not trustworthy. Then there's the marriage proper when they're older, probably not a lot older. But... one year before they got married, there was the pledge stage. And during that time, it's very unusual. Probably wouldn't be a bad step for us to do today. You were considered husband and wife. It can only be broken by divorce. I mean, yeah, by legal divorce or death. The catch was she still lived at home, and there was to be no sex during this time. And Joseph knew there wasn't any sex with him, and it's during this time that she becomes pregnant. Folks, the first two people who didn't believe the virgin birth were Mary and were Joseph. We're going to look at that in two weeks when, when in Luke chapter 1, when the angel said, you're going to be pregnant. her Whoa, 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 I've never had, how's that going to be? And Joseph's going to divorce her because he's not buying it either, but he comes to believe it. I believe with all my heart, too. God touched her womb, and she became pregnant. But you know, you know, if you quit trying to clean up the Bible and let the Bible speak for itself, that 2,000 years ago, a lot of people didn't buy that. You agree? And I want to tell you, 30-something years later, I don't believe people were buying that. In John chapter 8, verse 41, it says this. You are doing... The Pharisees are talking to Jesus. Jesus is arguing with them. You are doing the works of your father. Your father did, they said to him. We were not born of sexual immorality. We have one Father, even God. Listen, 30-something years later, they're saying to Jesus, wait a second, were you born of sexual immorality, virgin birth, whatever? And you go down to verse 48 in this same section, the Jews answered him, are we not writing saying that you're a Samaritan and that you have a demon, a Samaritan, remember? from a few weeks ago, that's a Jewish person who married outside of their their Jewish faith. They're saying to Jesus, Jesus, look, buddy, you're trying to get on to us, but, but you were born out of sexual immorality. You're a Samaritan. You don't even know who your daddy is. That was the, we know, we know, we know that was not the truth. But that was the perception that a lot of people must have had. I want to tell you this morning, you can lie and say that it doesn't hurt, but it hurts when people have a perception of you that's negative. Maybe it hurts worse when you know it's not true. But you know what? Jesus didn't let that be the determining factor in his life, did he? Here's what I want to challenge you. You work on your character, and when your character's right, your reputation takes care of itself, and the people who matter will begin to perceive you right. That may take a long time to get that in place, but do that. But I want to tell you this morning, quit letting how other people pigeonhole you and how they perceive you determine and shape your life. That should never be the determining factor in your life. And thank God it wasn't for Jesus Christ. You know what's so good about this? You can't control who your ancestors were, can you? You can't. You, you, you didn't decide, I think I want to be in her womb. You, you didn't have any say about that. I, I think I'd like for them to be my great great grandfather. You didn't have any say in that. You don't ultimately even have control over how people perceive you. But the great news is, is, those should not be the determining factors in your life. Let me give you. The third thing, what's the determining factor should be? The determining factor of your life is what you choose to do moving forward. It's what you choose to do with your life from this point forward. It's what you choose to do today. Listen, I don't think Jesus was ashamed of his family, but he certainly didn't try to model some of them. I think he had a great mom and dad who helped shape him and make him. A lot of people loved Jesus in the perception of him. Others didn't. He did not let his ancestors or how other people perceived him deflate him or shape him. I want to challenge you, if we'll take the Jesus path, we don't have to let those things shape us either. How did Jesus do this? In John 6, 38, listen to what Jesus says. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. In John eight twenty nine, Jesus almost says a very similar thing. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Here it is, guys. You quit worrying about your ancestors. You quit worrying about how people perceive you. And you make a choice this morning that I am going to bend my life and let God bend it, and rebend it over and over, and I'm gonna do the will of God in my life, in every area of my life, from this point on. Jesus got this when he was very young, but against all odds, he was able to get a great education. And, And some people say that he is still to this day, he made more contribution to Southern agriculture than anybody has ever made. I will paraphrase what he said, but here's basically what he said. You follow God with all your heart. And wherever you find yourself, you do the very best you can. That's how you find life. That's how you find peace. That's how you find effectiveness. My dad went to college with a man whose mama was a prostitute. and My dad said that this man was in his 19, 18, 19, 20 when my dad met him. He said he was scarred by that. He used to tell my dad, I spent my whole life having church people tell their kids, not to hang around with little so-and-so because his mama's a prostitute. Can he spend the night? No, his mama's a hooker. Can we spend the night with him? No, you're not ever staying over there with him. But thank God this boy became a Christian when he was a young man. By the time he got to college, you know what, he decided, I'm not going to let that keep me back anymore. My dad said he found Christ, he lived for Christ, he became a medical doctor, he died an old man in his 90s recently, and that he lived a life of value and purpose and meaning. And he's in heaven today, not because of his ancestors or the bad perception people had unfairly about him, but because he decided to pursue Jesus Christ with all of his heart. Listen, it's here for you. You can keep chasing dollars. You can keep chasing all the activities that are available. You think sex is going to meet the great need of your life? Keep chasing those things. I'll give you a better option. Chase Jesus. Pursue the will of God in every area of your life. Let the past go. Pursue God. I had a minister tell me years ago, there'd been some problems in the church in my hometown, and I went back, I was in the 20s, and I was disappointed, I was hurt by some of the things that had happened to the people. And i never forget what he said. He said, Chris, here's what you gotta do. You get the past right with God, and whoever else you can, and then you let it go. He said, God is a God of today and tomorrow and eternity. You put your hand in God's hand, And you move forward. Isn't that great words? So what do you need to do this morning? You're here today and you're not a Christian. You need to give your life to Jesus. We'd love to help you do that. When we stand in just a moment, you can come and we'll help you with that. You say, well, I don't want to walk down front. That's fine. I'll be at this door after church. Other ministers will be around. We'll help you. Give your life to Christ today. That's where the will of God for you starts maybe you'd like to join our church we would love for you to you can do that after church you can do that when we stand I've been here a long time I can speak for our church we are truly a church that we want to help you get your past right but man we want to we want to put our hands in your hands and look forward with Jesus Christ if that's what you're looking for join us today you're a Christian maybe where you're standing maybe at the altar on your knees or praying with a minister, is today's the day to get the past right. Today's the day, not tomorrow, not next month. Today is the day to say, with the help of God, I know I'm going to fail, but with the help of God, I'm starting on a path that I'm going to try to live the will of God for the rest of my life. Man, let's do that. Let's stand. And as we sing, you come, we'll be waiting on you.